You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for watching and listening to our program here this morning on this bright, cold morning here in Chicago. It is November 21st already. It can't, it seems like time is just trucking right along, trying to catch up with it uh, here as we prepare for uh, Thanksgiving in a couple of days here. So uh, let's, what, I, what I'd like to do now is uh, sort of go over the rundown of our show here this morning. We have a, a kind of a wide variety of topics here in November as the legislature is in the midst of its veto session preparing to return, uh, is that next week or the week after? And then we'll uh, change gears a little bit and then uh, swear in new members for next year. And we'll have a whole new uh, people list of people that we deal with uh, in the legislature and uh, issues that we'll be involved with. But uh, many are the same, but but many are different. And um, But before we deal with next year, let's sort of take a look back at uh, some of the things that we dealt with this past year, specifically sort of the past couple weeks and months. Um, what I'd like to do is kind of go over the rundown of the program here today. Um, we have... Guests from all over the country, I guess you might say. Um, our first guest is Emily Schumacher Novak. She's going to uh, talk a little bit about the past election cycle and not so much on who won, who lost. <laughs> we almost know who won and lost by now. Still working on it in some places, but um, not so much who won and who lost. We, we, we basically know that. But a little bit about kind of the overshadow issues of civility and politics and, and what we can do about it uh, going forward and what happened in the past. We're going to switch gears there uh, after that, and we're going to take up an issue that uh, I hope it's past breakfast for some folks. Um, it's about human composting, and I'll just save that topic description for later. It's an issue, believe it or not, they're going to be dealing with at the General Assembly upcoming uh, year. Uh, we're going to be talking to Matthew Server. He's with the Colorado Catholic Conference, an issue they've dealt with out there. And then finally, um, take it back here to Chicago, uh, talking with Emily Cortina. She's with the Colby House. I'm going to talk a little bit about a paper that the Catholic Conference is in the process of introducing. It's about restorative justice and what uh, we can do about welcoming those who have been incarcerated, have been released back into society. So it's a very interesting topic. Uh, I'm sure Emily will cover that well. So let's do this. Um, without further ado, let's jump into our first subject, uh, first to- topic. Um, we have with us um, somebody from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Her name is Emily Schumacher Novak, and look at that by the magic of technology. There she is. Emily, thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning. It's so nice to be with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great that this worked out. Uh, it's eight o'clock in Chicago, but it's nine o'clock probably where you are. So a uh, little bit uh, more of a acceptable time to start. I, I always That's feel right. I always feel you. I always feel so sorry for those people in the West Coast because like four or five in the morning sometimes when we talk, That's what we, I was we, we bug them. So yeah, the heck, we'll we'll, deal, we'll let Matthew wake up. Um, Emily, let's talk a little bit about um, as I mentioned. I don't know if you heard the intro, but. 
So the election is pretty much over you know, for the most part. I think pretty we kind of know who won and lost, maybe some stragglers here and there. But, you know, I, I think one of the issues that I'd like to talk about is not we, we were talking about what we could do about the elections and, you know, review of who won, who lost, what it means, et cetera. I think we've maxed out on that by now, um, although maybe some of us haven't, but uh, many people have. But I think what I wanted to talk about a little bit is the topic of civility, because the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, I don't know when you embarked on that measure. I think it was either two or four years ago. Um, you, you, you were trying to, I don't, I don't know if we ever were, quote unquote, civil, but you know, what could we, what, talk, us, talk to us a little bit about what USCCB was trying to do with launching that initiative and, and, and what was undertaken and how, to, how did it go? Yeah, that's great. Um, I think it's always good for us to talk about um, sort of civil dialogue and where it roots the roots are and how compatible it is with sort of our Catholic theology and our Catholic commitment to loving one another. Um, and I just have to say that I am really excited about talking with all of you today. I am uh, actually a native Chicagoan. I was oh, born wow. in Chicago on the South Side uh, and oh. a Midwesterner through and through. I grew up in Milwaukee mostly. And I've been here with the um, USCCB for about four and a half years now. And one of the things that I got to work on when I first came to USCCB was the Civilize It um, initiative. Um, and it came to us um, actually from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, who had done um, a similar campaign of, of the same name under the leadership of Archbishop Schnorr um, in 2016 mm -hmm. um, and had a lot of great success with that um, locally. And so they've had, uh, they generously shared the initiative with us. And so in ahead of the general election in 2020, um, the bishops really wanted to reflect back um, to Catholics this opportunity for engagement, um, a framework of how is it that we engage with one another in dialogue that is authentic, um, that is motivated towards encounter, as Pope Francis calls us to, um, that helps us to reflect our own values and to identify shared values um, with those around us, um, and to be really clear, too, about um, you know what our own values are and how um, rooted we are in those, and then to look outwards for um, additional partners in dialogue um, through a variety of ways. So that's really where it came from was in the initial um, 2020 general election. And then in 2021, um, you know, recognizing the need, <clears throat> excuse me, for ongoing dialogue and with the addition of Pope Francis's um, latest encyclical of Fratelli Tutti, wanting to really reflect on what he calls us to this better kind of politics. Mm -hmm. And you know, not politics in sort of the partisan sense, the way that us American Catholics might think about it, but in the sense of um, how do we build a community, a, um, how do we build communities that are focused on the common good? What is that? What? How do we do that? What are the elements of that? And really, he lays a lot of really wonderful teaching out in that encyclical, and those really influenced the way that we revisioned um, that the bishops asked us to look at for this sort of new iteration of civil dialogue called uh, Civilizing a Better Kind of Politics. And you had activities in the parishes, and you had materials produced and that kind of thing that was sent out, brought and brought. I remember talking to, I think, your predecessor about this at one point in time when it first started, back in maybe it was 16, I can't remember, uh, or when the, the idea was first launched. And so you, you were able to get materials out to, through the, your, your means of distribution to the parishes and activities that people could do, things like that, if I recall correctly. Exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. And really, that was the, that was the idea that the bishops had was that it would be something really practical yeah. for people to engage with and for their own reflection too. Right, that there's this opportunity for people who are interested in having dialogue, especially recognizing all of the division and polarization that is around mm -hmm. us and how affected we can be by those out 
outside forces, those external forces of people who are just, you know, there's lots of um, pressure and um, there's lots of, you know, we see in the media, in, like not yeah. civil engagement. And so how can we as Catholics be examples of how to engage um, in a way that recognizes our love for one another, that recognizes the human dignity of the other person, um, even when we disagree with them very for very good reasons. It's very difficult. To, what, you're, what you're describing, it sounds so easy, but it's very difficult to do. Uh, right. I mean, we all have that, um, you know, we don't get involved in the political arena unless we think we're right and we have something to say and we're justified in doing so. And when you're met with somebody who's equally as passionate on the other side of an issue, who also thinks they're right and justified in doing this in the public square, it's not. Um, it's increasingly difficult, I think, in the way we communicate through social media, et cetera, to, to really have an engagement with another person. My 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 concern is that um, as we've taken interpersonal communication out of uh, or it's less now than it has been before because so much is on social media, so much is impersonal communication. It just increases that um, uncivil behavior or uncivil comments. Mm -hmm. And look, I'll be the first to admit, I have that streak in me too. I mean, we all do. And it's very hard yeah. to tamper that down because your first reaction is to, what, fight back, right? Um, and, mm -hmm. and you know, it was interesting that uh, a Cardinal Sibich did an interview, it was on television last night, and I just caught an excerpt of it. And... Um, he was talking about the life issue in particular, I believe. Like I said, I just caught the end of it. But he was talking about, you know, room for dialogue. Like, where is the room for dialogue? Like, what could we agree on and what can we not agree on? I mean, there's probably a lot of things we can't agree on, but where does it begin, you know, and, and can we start there? Um, yeah. Any any sort of thoughts about that or how to encourage other people to do that? It's very, it's it, this is not an easy thing to do. Um, lead, lead with what do we have in common as opposed to I'm right. No, absolutely. And that's really the answer, right, is that we lead with what we have in, in common. Um, and I think for us as Catholics, really coming back to that moment of human dignity, mm -hmm. um, recognizing that not only do we believe very deeply in human dignity, but that we're baptized into the body of Christ and that we belong to one another and that we are brothers and sisters in this real very real way, right? So that how do we continue to remember that that is what brings us together is that we have this shared human dignity. We have this shared made in the image of God, whether everyone we're talking to is Catholic or not, we believe that we are all made in that same image. And so even when we disagree for very good reasons, helping us to understand that looking for that common ground of what are the shared values here. Mm -hmm. um, and Pope Francis talks about this really beautifully in um, his book, Let Us Dream, where he talks about contraposition instead of contradiction. And I think that that's a really helpful way that helps me sort of like dial down the negativity or my own reaction is to sort of take a step back and to think about, okay, what what can we sh what can we share on what are the things that we are definitely not going to agree on and saying that this is a thing that we're not going to agree on but let's look underneath the issue you know what is it that we do agree on do we agree on the common good do we agree on our search for truth or for um the ability of all people to thrive and so if that's where our starting point is then let's talk about like what are the solutions that we can find that we can agree on that will help us to understand one another and you know i think um, what you were saying earlier about it's really hard when there's you know, so much on social media and we can remove the humanity of yeah. the person that we are engaging with. And, you know, 
our Catholic tradition doesn't really allow us to do that, right? Like we have to stay engaged. That's sort of the call of the gospel is to be deeply engaged with one another because we believe so deeply in community and human dignity and our and our brother and sisterhood in Christ together. Mm -hmm. And so how do we see that as sort of the value that we can sort of begin from? Um, and even, you know, that doesn't mean we stay in dialogues that are, you know, not open or not authentic or where there aren't two people who are really actually interested in having a conversation together or staying in a place that isn't safe for us or is, you know, full of um, harmful dialogue or harmful um, words. But I think really thinking about what it, what are we talking about when we're talking about dialogue, we're talking about an open conversation that happens between two people who are entering in um, with goodwill and with interest in the other person. And I think, you know, just that curiosity of one another um, is, is really helpful for me, asking those questions to understand first um, before diving into all of the other things that are going on in my brain. Yeah, I, 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 it's interesting listening to you say that. Um, I don't know if you read the book or uh, I happen to be an AEI, American Enterprise Institute fellow or whatever it is, and uh, Arthur Brooks is, used to head up that. And he wrote an interesting book, came out a couple years ago. It was called Love, Thy, Love Your Enemies? Lo Love Your Enemies. And, and he starts the book um, by uh, recounting a story of um, a demonstration, and it was a bunch of, I, I think it was sort of a bunch of pro-Trump people having a rally near the near the mall or something like that and there's some kind of encounter and it's mostly people who are very loyal and I can't remember the topic but there were people in the audience who um, I, I think it was a, a, a black gentleman a couple of them and and they wound up having put that man on on the podium to explain like what he was saying and what his position was, and I don't exa exactly recall it. But the, the upshot of the story is that they nearly agreed on just about everything. They were like main topics they both agreed on, and there was some disagreement. And at the end of the man's presentation to the to the pro-Trump loyalists, that as he recounts it. There were there was kind of this moment of like, gosh, we're not that we're really not that much different. We we really have more in common than we do than we that disagree. So why are we focused on this? And it was this very nice story that that he relays about how sometimes if you get to know people and you listen to them, there's something to build on. And and that's one of the things that Brooks talks about a lot. It is that yes, there are things that divide us, but there's still a lot of things that unite us. And can we at least start talking about some of those things as opposed to Stroll, solely focus on those things that divide us. I'm just wondering if you have any anecdotes or any any stories that that you encountered in your work on Civilize It, where you had maybe parishes or individuals who were able to kind of bridge those differences with another group or another person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think one of those that's one of those really amazing opportunities that happens when we do engage in dialogue and when we think about what is it that we what is it that I want to learn or what is it that I could learn from this other person? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the um, things I appreciate most about the civilized better kind of politics um, approach is that it starts with me. It starts with me thinking about what is my own um, orientation coming into this conversation? Is it one of prayer? Is it one of curiosity? Or is it one of like, I think I'm right and I should win? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's usually right? the so last. Like, how do we back right. that out a little bit? Of yeah. How is it that I, you know, what is that? Um, what, where am I coming into the conversation? Um, and I have absolutely, I mean, I, there's so many kinds of times I've had good conversations with people who um, at the beginning of the, um, of the presentation or the conversation, they 
come in assuming we are going to disagree about all kinds of things. Um, I have a particular family member that, you know, we engage on uh, dis disagreements all of the time mm -hmm. and using these um these sort of rules or guidelines for conversation um, that are really drawn out of Pope Francis's Fratelli Tutti um, helps us to think about what is it that we do believe in together. And there mm -hmm. is so much. So, um, you know, we are very much on different sides of lots of issues. And yet, you know, we are bound to one another because we love one another as members of the same, you know, family and as members of the same faith. And we want the best for one another and sort of coming back to that conversation of like, I love you as a person and I want the best for you. And I believe that you want the best for me. And so how do we have a conversation about what those shared values are? And they often are those very root values of our, of our Catholic tradition, human dignity, the ability of all people to thrive, the loving one another, even when it's difficult. Um, and so how do we really, you know, be that example for one another? And it has brought us closer together. You know, we often uh, yeah. would just avoid each other for years. And now that we engage on these topics all of the time, it is a deeper relationship. And so that is really the beauty of, I think, um, what dialogue can offer to us is it deepens our communities. I agree. And that's a great example of, of you and that other person choosing to preserve the relationship over trying to win an argument. And I think that's one of the things that we have to keep. If, as long as you're in relation to another person or in a relationship, that, that, that will come eventually. I mean, you, you'll get to a ground. But, but if you break off the relationship trying to win the argument, well, now you have nothing. And now you have right. to go repair that and you're taking 10 steps backwards as opposed to keeping the, that conversation going. So are you, um, uh, we have about two minutes left. Are you an optimist, a pessimist? Where do we go from here? Oh, uh, you know, it depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to say, everybody says I have a tough job. You have a more difficult job than I do. <laughs> My job's a oh, walk no, in the I park. Yeah. What you do is really uh, amazing. And uh, I'm really grateful for the work of all of the Catholic conferences <laughs> around the country. It's um, it's really a great partnership and collaboration to work alongside all of you uh, who is sharing this good news about engagement and um, the ability to sort of deepen those relationships because we care about one another, right? And so the opting out is really the uh, is not the option. So like when we can stay in the in the relationship and preserve it, even when it's hard. And I think that's an important point is that sometimes it's hard. Like it's not this it's always conversation hard. that I have as a new person is not it's always hard. easy all the time. And it doesn't always go smoothly. It doesn't right? always. So right. Rarely it does. Back. Right. Right. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, today I am feeling an optimist because I am very grateful for all of the uh, people in our lives and the ability to sort of like look forward to things like Thanksgiving and getting together. And, you know, this is a time when tough conversations can happen. That's right. And, uh, Thanksgiving table. dinner. So, very appropriate timing to yeah. sort of think about who am I, what am I interested in, and like, how do I enter into these conversations that, um, you know, might be a little bit tricky around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Good point. Week. Good point. Great segue. I didn't even think of that. Thanks, sir. I knew that. Right. <laughs> Emily, thanks That's so much. For, uh, thanks for taking some time this morning. Uh, good thoughts. Uh, so the, the, the more successful you are, the easier my job will be. So knock your socks off. Go for it. Emily. Well, thanks. We are really grateful for everyone sharing the good news. Um, and if there's anything that uh, folks are interested in, civilizeit.org has all of the resources that I was just talking about, and all of them are available bilingually. So you can take the pledge to engage in civil dialogue at civilizeit.org and then find resources for prayer and your own reflection. Um, and all, like I said, all of those are available in both English and Spanish. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Civilizeit.org is where you can find that material. And um, I think it's very useful uh, to think about, consider, pray, discern about it. Emily, thanks so much and have a great Thanksgiving.
Thank you so right. much. It was great to be with you. It's Have great a great to be with day. you. Thank you. This is Bob Gilligan. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We're going to uh, switch gears here. I hope uh, everybody's eaten breakfast and settled in now. Uh, we are going to discuss next. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the intro for uh, after the break. Just don't go away. We're right back. It'll be exciting. Thank you.